0: all right let me begin with a word of prayer and we will look at our question father thank you for this uh the set the set of questions that we have looked at over the last year and a half we have learned so much from you from your word and um we're thankful for the people who you use to gather this together and help us to understand what the what you teach us in your word. God, I ha- pray that you would help us today as we just look at this last question and um, that you would be encourage our hearts to um, keep our eyes focused on the end with you and where our hope truly lies. In Jesus' name, amen. This... Last question. This is the last catechism question. There's 52 questions in this. We made it, it, it. yeah. (laughs) And um, it's really appropriate um, for Advent because Advent is all about waiting for the coming of the Messiah. We actually are focused in Advent time on the second coming of Christ. Yes, we look back to his first coming, because without his first coming, the second coming wouldn't be here, right? Last week's question was number 51, of what advantage to us is Christ's ascension? Christ physically ascended on our behalf just as he came down to earth, physically on our account, and he is now advocating for us in the presence of his Father, preparing a place for us, and also sends us his spirit. I want to bring you back to question one, our very first question, and show you how this ties together with the very last question. I don't know if you remember this answer, but where is what is our only hope in life and death? And the answer was that we are not our own, but belong body and soul, both in life and death to God and to our Savior, Jesus Christ. We belong to God, right? And that means there's also in us this longing to be then with him. Because we belong to him, it would make sense that in us is a longing to be then with him, right? So question number 52, the end of it, what hope does everlasting life hold for us? It reminds us that this present fallen world is not all there is. Soon we will live with and enjoy God forever in the new city, in the new heaven, and the new earth, where we will be fully and forever freed from all sin and will inhabit renewed resurrection bodies in a renewed, restored creation. I love that. Are you guys looking forward to that? I mean... It's, it's so hard. Well, I want us to look at a few passages that show where we pull this from. I think, without looking at those right away, what, where would you go in the Bible to, to look at? What does the Bible teach us about heaven? About the, the last state? Revelation. Revelation? That's where I would go. Where else? There's other places. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Remember 1 Corinthians 15 that we looked through? talks about the resurrection, but it also kind of tells us about what our bodies will be like. Where else would you go? 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonians 5 4 talks about at the end that we'll ever be with the Lord. Right. Yep, the rapture. Well, let's look at John 14. We looked at this last week. John 14. This is in the, at Jesus' last supper with his disciples, celebrating the Passover with them. He just washed their feet, and he tells them that one of you is going to betray him. And I think the tone is getting heavy, and the disciples can feel that. So Jesus then encourages this, his disciples and says, not, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God believe also in me in my father's house are many rooms if it were not so would i have told you that i go to prepare a place for you and if i go and prepare a place for you i will come again and will take you to myself that where i am you may be also what does that passage tell us about the point of the end is Yeah, to live with God. That where I am, where Jesus is going, you will be also. In other words, heaven's not heaven. The eternal state's not the eternal state without God. Right? Our our focus can't be simply on, well, I get to see these people that I loved all of my eternity, you know, all of my life, and I get to be with them again. I mean, we don't even know that for sure. We long for that, right? I don't know that we'll be able to recognize each other. The Bible doesn't say, unless you guys know. We will be known as we are known. Well, it says in 1 John that we he we will know. I think I had, no, I didn't put that reference. I was going to put that reference. I don't know that it means that. It might mean that. We just don't know for sure that like we'll be able to see brothers and sisters. But what we do know, the point is, is, that we'll, right here, we'll be able to be with Jesus. Anything else really is icing on the cake, right? I think the closest we'd come I is like that. God. You don't like I that? Oh. We might. It'd be nice to know. Why are you you I hope <laughs> I'm not ruining heaven because it's much better than knowing Matt. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Hold on. Wow, you are awesome. <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying he's God, but I'm just saying he's right there. Though. Oh, baby. <laughs> there is no marrying and marriage and giving in marriage, giving of marriage in heaven. I'm Back just it's just saying what Jesus said. Exactly. Thank you for bailing me out, Kevin. <laughs> here's the thing. I, I think it's very likely we're going to know each other because we... So I, it, I feel like we will, but because here's what I want us to see through these different passages, though, that this isn't some ethereal place. It's not like we're just going to be like nothing else I can see. Is, all I can see is just Jesus and I. We're just floating, floating around. That's not what heaven is. So let's look at a few more passages. <laughs> I just have no, what I was just saying is we literally don't know for sure though we'll know each other, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it does matter. Yes. Great question. They get a glorified body, they a glorified body right? They get, glorified body. they get a glorified body. I have no idea. It would be great to know. But God is good, and everything he does is good. It's not going to get it wrong. Like, I'm not going
1: to be like, thanks, God. <laughs> this is a huge disappointment.
0: <laughs> well, you know, if, if we have, if Jesus' glorified body, they recognized him. Yes. It wasn't like they didn't recognize Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if our body, if our bodies are going to be like that then because he says you will you will we'll have a glorified body it's what 1 Corinthians 15 is logically we would know each other i say that because it doesn't say scripturally we'll like right. hang out and we'll get to see grandma but logically i would make that connection if they knew jesus and if this body you're going to is going to be much slimmer and much more muscular yes. then theoretically and logically we will know each other that's good? Wow. I, mean, I can't
1: I know there's a glitch in in my thinking of what I'm wanting because to look at Matt and to know him the way I know him now is to know sin. Because there's been sin in our relationship.
0: Oh, wow. Up, well, I mean, we went to such an extreme. <laughs> I was but like, Because you know there's been your there memories of like anger last and, night and yeah, so <laughs> thinking,
1: like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, like th- I will know him, but it's not gonna be in the same connection because that would that would be memories of that's going to be washed away,
0: yeah. Wiped away, y- I You think. know, I, I don't think, know the memories are going to be wiped away,
2: yeah. I was going to say the same thing. I, I think that in like the, the tears being wiped away, I don't think necessarily will mean all of our memories will be wiped away, but I think we'll see right. those things from the way God sees them, even now, Redemptively, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 we're going to see those okay. things because God sees the world right now in his purity and we're going to yeah. be like him. Yeah. And so I think in some degree maybe potentially we can we will remember and frankly this is the hard part maybe even those who have not arrived at heaven I don't think our memories will necessarily be wiped of the existence of those people but we oh. will see it. That's hard. Yeah, we will.
0: But all of this is still speculation. It's
2: all speculation. But, but don't you wonder if, if if
1: God wants us to be heaven focused in this life? This is a tent. I'm temporarily dwelling here. My, my eyes are set on another land. Why so little? I mean, why
0: so, so little? little? Oh, information. Okay, here's the thing. Have you read Randy Alcorn's Heaven book? He does have a lot of quotes. But I cannot help but read the Old Testament and see. We're going to do that. We probably should get back to the Bible here. um, That it is all over the Old Testament what the end will be like. And it's like Eden, but better. You start off with Eden where God hangs out with his people. And it's amazing. It falls. And then all the stories that follow from there are this moving towards being with God. He says, I will be their God. I will be with them, and they will be mine, right? And there's this picture, and then it fails. And they try it again, and it fails, but it's always pushing towards being with God. And then when you get to Isaiah 60, which we will do in a second, you will see, like, wait a second. This sounds so real and physical. And that's so important, because I don't, I don't want us to lose sight of it, that it's, it, I had it as a kid, I mean, I, the pictures in Revelation with gold that you, is translucent, it was weird to me, yeah. but all John's doing there is it was so unimaginably beautiful, he couldn't put words in, those are the best words he could come up with. All right, let's look at 1 Corinthians 2, 7 through 10. <laughs> so 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 7 but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God which God decreed before the ages for our glory. Now, anytime Paul talks about secrets, he's not talking about something that is a is a hidden knowledge anymore. It was hidden And now it's being revealed. Yeah, it's Mysterion. And it's it's like a mystery that's been now explained. So verse 8, none of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him, but you can't stop there. It's not like it's completely mysterious. He goes, These things, verse 10, God has revealed to us through the Spirit. In other words, this, this unimaginable time, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart, no the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared. In other words, what God has prepared for us in the end. God has now revealed to us, and he's revealed it through Scripture. Paul's referring back to Old Testament that, okay, it's actually been revealed, and now it's understood fully because Christ came. Like, they read these Old Testament passages and didn't get it when they even wrote them. I think some of those authors like, I I know this is what God's telling me. Some of those prophets that got direct dictation from God, here, write this. I don't think they fully got it all. And now, when Christ came, Paul's like, The secrets have been revealed. The mystery has now been explained in Jesus. He's the one that all these fill up. So, go to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, verse 13. And Advent has themes every week. Last week was the theme of hope this week our theme is faith and in waiting it takes faith right and i think that's what we see here in hebrews 11 right the whole chapter of faith these all died verse 13 these all died in faith not having received the things promised but having seen them and greeted them from afar like distant like you see it off the cloud the land way off there and A better country doesn't sound like a bunch of clouds with harps. and. Now, I think there is parts of heaven that are very interesting. Because you see like Isaiah's vision, Ezekiel's vision, um, throne room, the revisions in Revelation. There is aspects that are going to be unimaginable. The word is ineffable, which means I can't put words to it. Um, but a better country a place you're looking for. That seems like a real place to me. All right, go to backwards now to Isaiah 66. Isaiah 66. This is one of the passages, and there's many, but here we actually have it called what it's called in... New Testament. Verse 22. For as the new heavens and the new earth that I make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your offspring and your name remain. Oh man, now that's interesting. That might be a close hint that we might know each other. Your people. The people of Abraham will remain from new moon to new Sabbath, from new moon to new moon, from Sabbath to Sabbath, all flesh shall come to worship before me, declares the Lord. In the new heavens and the new earth, it will remain. This earth, these heavens above us, will not remain. The new heavens and new earth will remain forever. Okay, now. Any questions on that before we go back? Yeah, if you read the next verse, it kind of confirms. And they shall go out, verse twenty. Good, good point. They shall go out and look on the dead bodies of the men who have rebelled against me. For their worms shall not die, their fire shall not be quenched, and they shall be an abhorrence to all flesh. That is a we're good point. Mm. Yeah.
2: Glorious. If the tears are wiped away, that must not be a thing that's leaving us sorrowful, Mm -hmm. but rejoicing in the goodness of God. Yeah. Grace towards us. Well, it can't be sorrowful.
0: Because sorrow is gone, right? Mm -hmm. Within the tears being gone. Yeah. Yeah, we will say it it all is well. God has done well. We won't come out and say, I'm sad that they died. We'll go, all is well. God has done what is just, and God has done what is right. We
1: will worship his righteous judgment.
0: Yeah. That will be the joy to us. Right. If there's any any tears, it would be tears of joy that I'm not on that pile that's there, because I would deserve to be there. I do deserve to be there. And in His mercy, He saved me. Yeah. I mean, I was just processing like, what does God, what does Jesus, God think of that situation? Like, here you see these people learning continuously. Uh huh. that. He never knew them. He cast them out. Yeah. <laughs> they departed, so
1: maybe, maybe we don't know necessarily who's burning down there, just that that's where people that have developed against God have gone. Mm-hmm. And where we're not there. We're in the present. Like,
0: I don't if God never knew them Well, yeah, that, that know there, I think, is not like know of an awareness of an existence, because God has to know everything, every, right, every Adam, every, everything, that's why we, the word know in scripture can mean knowledge of, of facts, but it can also mean an intimate knowledge, right, in the King James, it's like, <laughs> we know Adam knew Eve, but there's, but it means so much more than that, it's. That intimate, I know this person. And I think that's really what, when it says even in Romans four, Romans 8, that God foreknew them. He, before time, established this intimate relationship with them. There's also a perfection and a satisfaction of, of resolved justice. hmm Mm-hmm. in the Old Testament of this is going to happen and this is going to happen and this is going to happen and then God kind of reveals yeah see. feeling of vindication will be real. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Isn't there an anniversary talking
0: to the apostles and they're like, we happy that they were casting up to you and he's like, just be happy or not? Yeah, right. Yes, that's, what, uh, yeah. So, think you going to tell my father is she leaving me? She's, she's leaving me. Um, she's getting on a jet plane.
1: Um, so, no one should be back again?
0: I, I don't know when she'll be back again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the next line. You got a question? Well, Quentin. <laughs> you don't have to There, go. Sabrina's going to Washington, and Labina's taking her to Indianapolis, Bye. or Elena's taking her to Indianapolis. Bye, oh, you guys know that song, don't you? Yeah. All right, should we all sing it? <laughs> no, <laughs> do you totally? To will or... you do? Let them oh, listen to music. Jefferson <laughs> Airplane is real music, thank you. Church split. Church split. <laughs> we are way off base, which is going to be a helpful okay. illustration for me later. Actually, go for hey, it. You don't.
1: You don't have to elaborate on this question. Just yes or no would be mm-hmm. fine because I know you have other places to go. Mm-hmm. But when have authors and speculators like Rob Bell and the whole erasing hell thing and that God's love will ultimately win and maybe there's this hope in each of us. I mean, is it sinful that there's this hope in me that like, when we get there, we realize he forgives everybody we didn't know? You know what I mean? Like, Are they basing any of that speculation in scripture?
0: This is the thing. There's the law of non-contradiction. Right? Right? The law of non contradiction means something cannot both be true and false at the same time. I cannot say that fire engine is red and that fire engine is blue. It either is or it isn't. Right? One thing that, right? So if that's true and scripture says this, God cannot contradict himself.
1: About something think Or is this just like: I think, that,
0: I think that's coming out of the human desire. Okay. Mm-hmm. I do. I do think that's coming out of a, a longing. It's actually, I think, part of the image of God in us, because what does it say in Peter, which, heck, let's just go there. That's okay. the passage I'm going. Second Peter. This is so crazy. I mean that's just perfect segue. I was going to have us look at verse 13. But I want to look go back to verse eight. At. Second Peter? Three. three.: Yep. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that the, with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promises, some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish but that all should reach repentance. If in the image of God we have aspects of his desires that maybe still be broken, we still have this longing that all would reach repentance, right? I think that would be what would fuel somebody like Rob Bell and to say, or even those like, I love John Stott. I mean, his book, The Cross of Christ, is probably one of the best books you can read on the atonement. Um, but he eventually came to a position of annihilationism, meaning he believes you either go to heaven and be with Christ or you just go to nothing. I think that's coming out of fueling out of a desire that none would have to be there. And, and then they would say that what the purpose of a hell and eternal punishment would only be for Satan and his angels. Well, the problem is, is Revelation makes it clear that there are those who are human whose names are not written in the book of life. And are cast into eternal fire. I, I can't. Either God's a liar, or He's not. I think it's so
2: destructive. I mean, like Roswell, the crazy side of that.
0: But even Francis Chandler wrote "Racing Hell," and it's like they they go through and start kind of like saying the verses don't mean there's actually fire in hell. It's just literal. And that, that that then they start to conflate things. They're they're. There probably isn't fire in the sense of what we know as fire, because if it's in the sense that we know of fire, then it would consume the thing. But it is, a, it is a fire of a judgment, a judgment that is real and conscious. But then they take those things and then they go further. Well, if it can't be that, then it must not be real. Wait a second. <laughs> yeah. So you can live Right. There oh, are no consequences. And we're seeing that now. All right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the realist in my mind is going, look at how many people have, even though the church is shrunk, look at how many people have come into the church now that are yeah. buying into this, and look at the, the corporation the church has become. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all... Well, let's, let's, l- let's look at consequences then. Let's keep reading then. So verse 10, 2 Peter 3, but the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord isn't like meaning. Usually in the scripture, that's not a happy thing. That is the time of judgment for those. That's when the consequences come. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? Todd, this just goes along right with what you're exactly saying. Waiting, so what should we be doing? Waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved and the heavenly bodies will melt as they they burn. But according to His promise, we are waiting. I mean, this is the best Advent passage I could find for you. We are waiting for a new, for new heavens and a new earth. And He's referencing Isaiah there, in which righteousness dwells. I mean, that's that's so encouraging. I want to read to you. I, she, uh, Randy Alcorn's book on heaven is very helpful. Now. Charity's right. He does quote a lot of people that there are even people that I don't agree with, but that's okay. Um, his use of scripture sh- showing these things should at least make you think and challenge assumptions about heaven. And I love this, this thing that he pointed out that I had never caught before. He says, reconcile, redeem, restore, recover, return, renew, regenerate, resurrect. Each of these biblical words begins with the re-prefix, suggesting a return to an original condition that was ruined or lost. For example, redemption means to buy back what was formerly owned. Similarly, reconciliation means the restoration or reestablishment of a prior friendship or unity. Renewal means to make new again restoring to an original state. Resurrection means becoming physically alive again after death. These words emphasize that God always sees us in light of what he intended us to be. And he always seeks to restore us to that design. Likewise, he sees the earth in terms of what he intended it to be And he seeks to restore it to its original design. So I'm going to skip over Acts 3. I want us to go to Isaiah 60. And I want you to put your thinking caps on. Because here, Isaiah describes the new heaven and new earth, particularly our aspect of the new earth, but without calling it the new heaven and new earth yet. You know, we just saw six chapters later, he'll call it the new heaven and new earth but here in 60 he's describing i want you to just as we read it look for what does this describe that eternal state being like or actually and it's going to be like leading up to the eternal state and going into the eternal state there'll be kind of some overlap here in this passage chapter 60 arise shine for your light has come and the glory of the lord has risen upon you For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you and his glory shall be seen upon you and nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult. Because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you, the wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you; the young camels of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba, shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered to you. The rams of Nebuloth shall minister to you. They shall come up with acceptance on my altar, and I will beautify my beautiful house. Who are these that fly like a cloud and like doves to their windows? For the coastlands shall hope for me. The ships of Tarshish shall first to bring your children from afar, their silver and gold with them. For the name of the Lord your God and for the Holy One of Israel because he has made you beautiful. Foreigners shall build up your walls and their kings shall minister to you. For in my wrath I struck you, but in my favor I have had mercy on you. Your gates shall be open continually day and night. They shall not be shut, that people may bring to you the wealth of the nations with their kings led in procession. For the nation and kingdom that will not serve you shall perish. Those nations shall be utterly laid waste. The glory of Lebanon shall come to you, the cypress, the plain, and the pine to beautify the place of my sanctuary, and I will make the place of my feet glorious. The sons of those who afflicted you shall come bending low to you, and all who despise you shall bow down at your feet. They shall call you the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Whereas you have been forsaken and hated with no one passing through, I will make You majestic forever, a joy from age to age. You shall suck the milk of nations. You shall nurse at the breast of kings. And you shall know that I, the Lord, am your Savior and your Redeemer, the mighty one of Jacob. Instead of bronze, I will bring gold. And instead of iron, I will bring silver. Instead of wood, bronze. Wood, bronze. Instead of stones, iron. I will make you overseers, your overseers, peace in your taskmaster's righteousness violence shall no more be heard in your land devastation or destruction within your borders and you shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise the sun shall be no more your light by day nor by bright nor for brightness shall the moon give you light but the lord will be your everlasting light and your god will be your glory Your sun shall no more go down, nor your moon withdraw itself. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of mourning shall be ended. Your people shall all be righteous. They shall possess the land forever. The branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I might be glorified. The least one shall become a clan, and the smallest one of mighty nation. I am the Lord. In its time, I will hasten it. That's the end. And you see part of it hints in there of Christ at the beginning, even in his incarnation. The golden frankincense being brought to him from the east. Those are hints of the Magi coming. But you can read that like, wait, that hasn't happened. That hasn't happened yet, but that's going to happen. What aspects about that passage do you see that this is a real and tangible place, the eternal state? Nations. nations. Like it keeps describing nations coming, right? Sun the, moon. the sun and the moon. Right. So it, it sounds like prayer, yeah, I think you're right. Like I think he's going to establish new heavens, new glorious bodies, planets, stars, but that's not going to be the source of our light. It's, it's meant that. It's a picture that God is with us. Yeah. Yeah, it reflects those lights off of them. What do you... Well, I mean, they're, they're not there to provide the light. They're not Oh, the, the, yeah. They're, they're
1: just... They're there solely for the purpose of bringing
0: glory. Yeah, right at the end of verse 21, that I might be glorified. We're We're almost out of time. I wanted to... I was going to have us read all of Revelation 21 and 22, but I was really rather ambitious. What I want to read to you is from Chris C.S. Lewis's story, The Silver Chair. And in The Silver Chair, um, there are two children, Jill and Eustace. Eustace, uh, also his last name, I think, is Scrub, so I think there's a reference to Scrub here. Maybe not. Maybe I took it out. Maybe I scrubbed it. Um, anyway, Jill meets Aslan the lion, okay, and he gives her the purpose of her quest in the story. And their purpose of her quest is to find the lost prince. And then what he does is he gives her four signs to remember. And those four signs are going to help her on her journey. Right? And after helping her, he spends time helping her memorize those signs that are essential for her journey. Aslan says this, listen to her. Remember, remember, remember the signs. Say them to yourself when you wake in the morning and when you lie down at night and when you wake in the middle of the night. And whatever strange things may happen to you, let nothing turn your mind from following the signs. And secondly, I give you a warning. Here on the mountain, I have spoken to you clearly. I will not often do so down in Narnia. Here on the mountain, the air is clear and your mind is clear. As you drop down into Narnia, the air will thicken. Take great care that it does not confuse your mind. And the signs which you have learned here will not look at all as you expect them to look when you meet them there. That is that is why it is so important to know them by heart and pay no attention to appearances Remember the signs and believe the signs. Nothing else matters, he says. All right? So then they go on their journey, and it's hard, and they meet this queen who wants to bring the children to her place called Harfang, and she makes these promises to them. And in Harfang, you may or may not hear tidings of the city ruinous, but certainly you shall find good lodgings and merry hosts, You would be wise to winter there, or at the least to tarry certain days for your ease and refreshment. There you shall have steaming baths, soft beds, and bright hearths. And the roast, and the baked, and the sweet, and the strong will be on the table four times a day. So this queen gives them these promises. And Eustace and Jill go, oh, that would be so nice right now. This journey is so hard. And then C.S. Lewis says this after she gives them all those promises and they're all enthralled. He says, after that talk with the lady, things got worse in two different ways. In the first place, the country was much harder. The road led through endless narrow valleys down which... A cruel north wind was always blowing in their faces. There was nothing that could be used for firewood, and there were no nice little hollows to camp in as there had been on the moor. And the ground was all stony and made your feet sore by day, and every bit of you sore by night. In the second place, whatever the lady had intended by telling them about Harfang, the actual effect on the children was a bad one. They could think about nothing, but beds and baths and hot meals and how lovely it would be to get indoors. They never talked about Aslan or even about the lost prince now. And Jill gave up her habit of repeating the signs over to herself every night and morning. She said to herself at first that she was too tired, but she soon forgot all about it. And though you might have expected that the idea of having a good time at Harfang would have made them more cheerful. It really made them more sorry for themselves and more grumpy and snappy with each other and with puddle Glum. So the journey for us is hard here, right? And I think when we don't spend time looking at passages like Isaiah 60 and Revelation 21 and 22, when we don't take time to look at the signs, to remember the signs that he gave us, we get our eyes fixed on roast turkey, right? We get our eyes locked on the stuff that Matt was talking about last week. We get tied up in that, and we lose sight of the end. This is not our home. We will get a new home restored and renewed and perfect. So how do we end? I, I ran out of time. i get the look. I wanted you, and you can do this later today, I put in there that hymn that we learned at the beginning of this catechism, Christ, our hope in life and death. What is our hope in life and death? Christ alone, Christ alone. What is our only confidence that our souls to him belong? Let's pray. God, thank you so much. Help us not to lose sight of the signs that you have given for us in your word. Help us to not fall in love with the stuff here but long for you and your presence and being with you in all of your glory and everything made to give you glory forever. In Jesus' name, amen.